This is the Kibasa King Sports Extravaganza. Hey, 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 Yakshamash. Club to you too, or whatever. I love your style. I love the way you edit things together. Well, thanks for noticing. It's a real pain. <laughs> <laughs> we welcome to the show Christian Leitner. Yeah, I'm proud of my heritage, and my mother used to make a lot of delicious meals, kapusta, bumpy, padogi, all that good stuff. I put sour cream on everything, and um, so <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of Polish tradition there. guys, this is Jake Kuba Kutzerowski, that's part of the tag team, one half of that tag team known as the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Just wanted to thank you guys all for tuning in. Make sure you guys check out Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com, great SB Nation site dedicated to all your Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, and discussion. Once again, check out Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com, also on Twitter, at B5Q. Dozabachenia, my friends.
guys, this is Jake Kuba Kutzerowski, that's part of the tag team, one half of that tag team known as the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Just wanted to thank you guys all for tuning in. Make sure you guys check out Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com, great SB Nation site dedicated to all your Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, and discussion. Once again, check out Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com, also on Twitter, at B5Q. Doza Bacchenia, my friends. everybody welcome to another edition of the kielbasa king sports extravaganza this is jake kokorowski coming to you live from madison appreciate you guys waiting a little bit of time just uh we got the polish rifle scott wisniewski coming in uh in just a little bit as you can tell uh, we're running a little behind schedule reason being well pretty easy at uh the simple fact that well you have two crying boys and twins right now kind of of course, the twins and everything take precedence until they calm down. So uh, shout out to my mother-in-law helping out, uh, as always. And uh, I, like I said, I'm Jay Kokorowski, editor, writer for Bucky's Fifth Quarter. We're going to talk about the worst Green Bay Packers loss in team history. Once Scotty gets on, uh, in a few minutes, we'll talk down the road there. Uh, before we do that, because obviously we are... Sponsored by Bucky's Fifth Quarter, we are the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. We do talk about the Wisconsin Badgers, and right now, as we're talking, it's Wisconsin, it's Iowa. Uh, we won't get too much into the game uh, so far. Uh, we're going to do a separate podcast, hopefully later this week, maybe next week. 
And so uh, we'll we'll kind of break down more of the game here and the Badgers basketball. We're gonna have, hopefully Luke Miller, Phil Mitten on uh, our basketball correspondents talk a little bit more about Bo Ryan and his team. Right now, I believe they're sixth in the nation. Uh, and so uh, we'll see uh, how they do against the Hawkeyes. But uh, before that, let's get some football news out of the way as we're waiting for Scotty. Right now, you're looking at the simple fact that with the football recruiting news, uh, Badgers announced eight early enrollees for the 2015 season for the spring semester. Of course, highlighted by quarterback Austin Confensis, the uh, Utah uh, the, the prep, uh, kind of just uh, an amazing career for him. Just a lot of hype for Kofensis, 6'1", 200 pounds out of Sandy, Utah. Uh, and he uh, is a very good player, a very good player uh, from what you saw. They own 13 records, tied, shattered 13 records in the state for football. Uh, you also, of course, you have uh, Kyle Penniston, who moved up in the 247 sports rankings a couple of days ago. Uh, you know, and then uh, you saw that. Uh, four-star recruit by 247 Sports, ESPN and Rivals. Uh, and he's number six tight end in the nation by Rivals and number 10 by ESPN.com. Uh, you also have a bunch of other guys. Nick Thomas, who we've had a chance to talk to, who I've had a chance to talk with, uh, inside linebacker. Uh, Serge Trezzi, who had some uh, troubles getting in to Wisconsin last semester, the fall semester. He is now on campus as well. Uh, so he he give a big boost in safety of a speedster. Uh, pretty exciting play. I think a lot of people will be excited with him. Also got a couple of guys. You got Ty DeForest, a walk-on from Marshall, 6'1", 220. You have Noah Stengel, his brother Jake. He's a senior on the team out of Sheboygan. Uh, but, you know, you have two walk-ons there. But then, of course, you also have some, you know, uh, you have John Dietzen, 6'5", 330 out of Black Creek, Wisconsin. One of the uh, one of the only two originally, uh, kept, you know, offered Wisconsin in-state players under the regime of Gary Anderson. He committed four-star recruit by scout, three stars uh, by the other scouting services, and a two-time first-team all-state selection by the WFCA and the Associated Press. Uh, but then he also had well, earlier in Rowley, Kind of the result of Kyle Kofens, or not Kyle, uh, of uh, Paul Chris coming to Wisconsin. You have Alex Hornerbrook, a former recruit, a commit, switching, flipping to the Bears, enrolling early, three-star kid, uh, Lanky, and a soft southpaw, six-four, two-fifteen, out of West Chester, Pennsylvania, um, Melbourne. Um, but yeah, so you have those players. You also had big news coming to Wisconsin. We dealt with. The fact that he had, they had officially announced two new football coaches, uh, of course, now just leaving the wide receivers open or coach position vacant, uh, which obviously they're probably going to want one soon. But you have uh, Daronte uh, yeah, Jones and uh, Tim Tebasar uh, as the defense backs and outside linebackers coach, respectively. So, uh, so the only the only Position coach for the Badgers left. You're looking at wide receiver, which a lot of people thought Jay Norvell uh, would take it, but obviously he took uh, the offer from Texas. And, uh, you know, I, it's hard to say because right now you're looking uh, at that and you're just thinking, hmm. Uh, you're looking at that, the simple fact that 
he may not have stayed that long. And just due to the fact that how how much of a coaching talent he is, uh, we'll see. So, um, other than that, uh, it's a you know so it's a big day for football. Obviously, a big game for basketball with Iowa. Uh, big you know with a lot of Big Ten implications. Big Ten season is upon us. Uh, and so from there, and also a report yesterday out of Evan Flood out of 24/7 Sports or 247 Sports, however you want to say it. Uh, in fact, that Judd B- John Budmeyer, former Wisconsin quarterback, former backup, uh, to Wisconsin, looks like as a graduate assistant, uh, and he was on the same staff. Uh, uh, you have that fact there, uh, and he was in the pit staff for a while. Uh, so we'll see what comes what comes of it. So, uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, it's been kind of a crazy week, obviously, and uh, with everything going on and, and obviously the the big news out of recruiting for Wisconsin right now uh, uh you have the simple fact that Wisconsin uh you're working with uh the, you know you've heard a couple of decommits uh out of the class you have Sam Madden uh, who I've had a great chance to talk to uh you know uh plenty a couple times here and you look at the fact that uh, the fact with um, yeah, with every type of changing class that you have, you have coaching change. Uh, there's always some transition. It's always a late period, so it kind of gets crazy. You're in the last two weeks. Uh, tomorrow will be two weeks away from National Signing Day. You're going to have people charging for commits, charging uh, at your recruits, trying to flip them. There's a lot going on right now. We're going to have hopefully in the net, hopefully this weekend we can talk to one of our good friends, uh, either Ben Wargel, John McNamara, uh, John Veldheis, talking about. What's going on? Who's in danger of being flipped the the worst? Uh, you know, the you know the the most I should say. Uh, it's it's you know, but I wish Sam Madden the best. Obviously, Jeff Patrikas. A couple other reports suggested that academics, the UW admissions, uh, said it would be hard for him to get in. Uh, it's obviously tough because Sam, and I'll say that Sam really bled Cardinal and White. And I talked to him, and various other reporters have stated Madden it was a diehard Wisconsin fan, regarded his fellow commits, his fellow recruits in this class as brothers. Uh, and even there was a point where he, you know, uh, during the story uh, that I was talking to him saying, hey, you should talk to Olive Sagapulo, uh, who actually today, which is big news, uh, from Bryce Merich of scout.com, saying both, Bright, uh, saying both him, uh, you know, saying both Sagapulo and David Mormon are, gonna, are solid to Wisconsin. They're not taking any more visits. They will be Badgers and sign their LOIs. There are a lot of intents coming up. Uh, and so uh, that was big news as well out of the recruiting front. And there's a lot going on. Hopefully we'll be able to get someone on, talk a little bit more recruiting going on on uh, the next, uh, I'd say, next couple days or so. Uh, but what we're going to do real quick, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to call up Scotty and get this ball rolling, talking about the worst, uh, not Wisconsin, that that was a month ago with the worst Wisconsin Badger loss ever. Uh, now you have the worst Green Bay Packers loss uh, in team history. So just take a quick break. We'll be right back with you guys. Uh, this is the Kibasa King Sports Extravaganza brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter.
Guys, welcome back. Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Jake Kokorowski here in Madison along with, I think this is Logan in my lap. Yep. Uh, yep, that's my, yep, that's Logan. It's probably when you have twins. Uh, we haven't done the whole yarn thing yet around the wrist or, or a tattoo and one of the feet yet or Sharpie markers, that stuff yet. Uh, but we're also joined, of course, by my Polish brother from another mother. We got the Polish rifle, Scott Wisniewski. And, and Scott, uh, you know, I talked a little, some good news on the Badgers front a little bit uh, with some early enrollees. They named some position coaches today. Some 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 bright spots, but really across the state for many football fans, uh, professional football fans for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, very much, uh, it still stings. Uh, a lot of you see social media. Uh, and quite frankly, you know, in my time, in my 31 years on this earth, I pretty much think that's the worst loss in Green Bay Packers history, considering the fact they were up 19 and had the fact that they were five minutes away from a Super Bowl victory. Well, from a magnitude standpoint, I mean, the Super Bowl loss to Denver was probably more deflating, but that was more of an Eagle thing. I mean, they were favored by double digits, and, you know, that Packer team and Mark Chimura had said it to me face-to-face as well as other – that they, they pretty much – were believing their own press clippings in that game, and Denver surprised them. So, you know, so because that was a Super Bowl loss, especially a Super Bowl loss uh, when they should have, when they were heavily favored, that one might be the worst, but this was right there. It's a 1A and probably the most deflating. And I'll tell you, um, you know, there are other, there have been other deflating playoff games. The Terrell Owens catch, the 4th and 26th. Their loss in overtime to the Giants when, you know, they were heavily favored in that game as well. So there have been deflating playoff losses. Five, four, six picks, yep. Yeah, but this one was one that was, you know, a game away from the Super Bowl. They weren't favored, but then they were up and they had the game at hand. There are a lot of reasons they lost this game. I know we can talk about, you know, the end sequences, but, but let's start with just the beginning. I mean, they were up 16 to nothing, and it's not a stretch to think they could have been up 27 to nothing, and at the very least probably should have been up 23 to nothing. That's that's a huge difference. I mean, uh, that obviously they in the game if they're up by that much. Um, but they didn't. They scored six points off of five turnovers, which is unacceptable. I, I can't imagine. It's almost like Ohio State when they went out and beat Oregon. Uh, to turn the ball over that much and win a championship, that's usually not the... Uh, that's usually not the uh, recipe for winning, but I guess, you know, this year it was an odd year. So, anyway, you, you only up 16 to nothing. Then they run the fake field goal, and they flat out said we ran it because Brad Jones was on the field, which I think is a pretty heavy indictment on Brad Jones. But the Packers righted the ship, kicked the field goal, went back up by 12, and uh, for all intents and purposes, with five minutes to go after an interception by Morgan Burnett, the game was theirs. And that's when people can start critiquing things that went wrong. You know, you can start there with with very ultra-conservative, to to a fault, play calling, where they just ran the same plays, uh, same running plays, didn't test a a injured Richard Sherman. It was one thing when they didn't throw at him at all in the first game. They only threw at him twice in this game, but he played most of the fourth quarter with one arm, and they didn't even challenge him. Mike McCarthy should not be fired. Mike McCarthy's a good coach, but Mike McCarthy needs to step off his arrogant box and take a little bit of blame for the play calling. Okay, so you had that. Let's not forget, and I'm not being an apologist, but let's not forget you had an injured quarterback who 
was one-dimensional the last two weeks. He was able to get by against Dallas, but being one-dimensional against Seattle wasn't going to be a good recipe. Um, in the final drive of regulation, he had a nice run, came up a little bit lame, had a chance to run again, and had to flip the ball to uh, Eddie Lacy because he was afraid to run on it because he knew he had re-injured himself. So you have all that going for you. Um, they, they get the ball back, they score fine. Um, the onside kick, Bostic, big goat in that game, fine. But even after the score of the touchdown on, the, on, the, on that series, they went for two to give them a three-point lead, and Russell Wilson was flushed out of the pocket all the way to his right. He had to throw the whole width of the field, and that ball sat up there forever, and the Packers watched it come down uh, in, into the receiver's arms. That made it a three-point game. Mason Crosby tied it. They lose in overtime. If they stop that two-point conversion on that wounded duck, they win on the field goal by Mason Crosby. So as as much as they piddled that game away, as much as they they, they – gave the game away, they still could have won if they stopped the two-point conversion. Yes, the Bostic play will stand out. Yes, the play calling will stand out. Yes, yes, yes to all that. But if they stop the two-point conversion, as simplistic as that sounds, because that play was ridiculous. He, that wasn't a great play by anybody. That was a up-for-grab ball that the Packers weren't aggressive enough on. If they stopped that, they would have won the game. There still would have been a lot of blame to go around for almost piddling it away, but they essentially, Seattle needed like nine or ten things to go wrong, and if the pack, you know, and if the Packers would have done eight of those things wrong, they still would have won the game. Problem was, they did them all wrong. Uh, those key things that we talked about, special teams and not converting the turnovers. Uh, really, the only star of the game, and, and a guy who has got still by some people way too much, way too much criticism. Uh, though he's 17 of his last 17 in postseason, was Mason Crosby. Uh, really basically was the offense. I mean, you know, let, let's be honest. The defense played well for three and a half quarters, but and, and, and I know that people can say, well, you can't blame the defense. No, you're right for the most part. But you know what? They were sieves the last three drives. And, you know, you could say they were tired. They're on a few. That's, that, that's still, that doesn't matter. And, and the last thing I wanted to say before I let you rant is on the fourth and one play that the Packers decided to kick the field goal, I actually don't disagree with that call. And I'll tell you why. Because the Packers had three chances – to flex their muscle. And this is the biggest game of the year. Biggest game of some of these offensive linemen's careers. They needed one yard, and they couldn't get it. They couldn't win one of those three battles. I'm not sure. I'm 90% sure they wouldn't have won the fourth one. I think it was the right call. And you know what? That's where some – I won't blame McCarthy, but that's where it's tough to be a head coach because if he goes for it then and they don't get it, and then Seattle ends up getting the ball like to the 40 and punts it away and the Packers lose by a field goal, then people would go, oh, my God, why didn't he kick the field goal? You know what? The offensive line wasn't winning those short yardage battles, plain and simple. So, but anyway – there was too much, and I'm glad that we're able to use this vehicle to, I think, get it off my chest and to put it to rest and move on and just kind of put this in the annals as an ugly chapter of Packers football. Yeah, it it was a rough loss, obviously, and, you know, you get your hopes up, and, you know, you and I were texting about it, and, and you know, I mean, it, you can, for me, obviously the big things with this is that the, uh, you start with, I mean, I started from the beginning where you and I both said that, hey, they should be up by 30, you know, 30 to nothing. They should be up by, you know, like you said, 23 nothing. And that, I think, it's where you start where you have 
you know, one of the key things that I said was, you know, turnovers. Turnovers last, you know, and they had five turnovers, but they only scored six points off those turnovers. With that, I mean, obviously it's not going to happen. You know, you're not going to win the game when you're only you're not when you're not converting. And it, like I said, that Morgan Burnett thing. You know, he says he he wouldn't take it back for the world. Well, maybe he should because I mean, if you took a look, I don't know if you had a chance to look at it on social media, Scotty. That people were tweeting out the all 22 look of the window yeah, that Morgan you know what? Burnett. I mean, I he only had Lyman and Russell Wilson. I, I, I honestly, I, you know, it, it's one thing. And even Jason Wilby from ESPN Wisconsin saying, uh, or and like seeing like two different angles. He had a lane, and Grant and Julius Peppers was like looking back at him, saying, "Down it." And yes, you want to turn it up, but that's part of the conservatism. I, 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 I'm not. I, the- I'm not. No, no, no. It's not. No, that's actually the smart play. I don't care because I'll tell you what. They still should have. They still should have been able to win the game after that pick. And you know what? He can look back at it and second guess and hindsight being 2020. 20, and if he's running that ball down and a receiver comes up from behind and punches it out of his hand and he fumbles, then he's the biggest idiot in Green Bay. Yeah, but the thing is, that's offense. That's offense. If you play football, you know that you don't take that chance after what should have been the game-stealing interception. And, and 99 out of 100 times, anybody in that position, the game essentially, what we thought was the game-clinching pick, would make that same decision. So, again, a, I'm a sure... A game you know, with five minutes left, though, Scotty? And you know how volatile... I mean, you know how volatile the defense can be in that... You know, how you know what? The I, offense... You know, you get Russell Wilson going, you, you talked about it last week. Because we hadn't gotten going. I, I still disagree with you because even though I'm usually the more pessimistic one than you, it was at that point, it was the first time that whole game that I thought they had the game in hand. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm, and, and, and if you throw the ball at an injured cornerback and you get one or two first downs, that game's over, man. If you catch the onside kick, that game's over. And then we're not even talking about – then nobody's even bringing up the, the ancillary stuff of Morgan Burnett not running the ball further and risking a turnover. Yeah, I but mean, to me – yeah, but the thing is, I mean, it's a team where if you're the Seahawks, they're going for the ju- – I mean, if, that, if they're in that position, they're going for the jugular. Teams like that that are aggressive, I just think, yeah, maybe clinching like that, but a team they, like the Seahawks, they, they would take Wilson, it. Russell Wilson's quarterback – I know what he did in the last five minutes. His quarterback rating was three at the time of that pick. Come on, man. Like, yeah, I, I know but, what but you're saying. I know what you're saying, but come on. It, you've, been, you've watched this game long enough to know that that's usually, if you play that badly, that badly. That was epically bad. For 55 minutes, you usually don't just turn the switch on. I mean, I, I, again, hindsight, I know you can, you can sit there and say, well, now because of this, but let's be honest. Did you really, really, I, I, even though they've been good in the fourth quarter and they've been great uh, coming back again, did you really think as poorly as he played that that was going to happen? Did you, I mean, did you really believe that at the time? Yes. I, here's the thing okay, with the Seahawks. Well, they've been known to do stuff like that. They've been known to well, you show me rise, game, rise up you, in their end Seattle, fine, Scotty. They're in the fact fine, that – Fine, but they, then show me just, the game where Russell Wilson had a zero quarterback rating with five minutes to go. I know what you're saying, but he hasn't been that bad in the game, and they've come back. He's been. He's had games that weren't. I'm great not saying it's a contribute. I'm not saying like it's the main factor, Scotty. I'm just saying that you'd be a little bit more aggressive. And you know what? He can run 15, 10, 15. He had 10, 15 yards, and the out, go left. He's out of bounds. He's by the left oh, boundary. Okay, so, what, so there you go. So, so then it gives you so better position. So what's the 10 yards going to do? They still would have ran the yards, same lame run running play. You can, you can, oh. Scotty. You can pin him back farther because Matthew is getting that I think you're. I think you're reaching. But yeah, but that do you think that ten more yards would have been the difference the way Seattle sliced and diced them on that next drive? 
Scotty, he had 15, 20 yards there. Uh, I, um, I, I, I guess I, I it's think... a mute point because it is what it is. Like yeah, the hindsight's twenty twenty. But I will say that the way that this, the way the game's going, and the fact that you go a little bit more aggressive there, and like I said, like I said, it, the biggest thing it was a it was a myriad of things. I'm not, I'm not going to try. I'm not trying to harp on one point, but the Burnett thing when I saw the footage, I was just mentioning that as a point where, hey, that's that's one thing. But then you look at, you know, it's a it's it's a plethora of missed opportunities. Bill Johnson said it best earlier today when he said there in the three five minute span there are 12 plays that if it one goes the way of the Packers they win. Whether it's the Bostic, uh, you know, fumble, you know, the, the fumble, the the off the helmet on the onside kick, if it's the the Raj, you know, if it's if it's you know I don't know you know Wilson and Haha Clinton Dix actually not just staring up at the ball while Luke Wilson comes down with that two point conversion, there are myriads of other things that happened during that game that it, it you know and Aaron Rodgers said it during the pregame show, the whole thing with them it's not just R E L A X he said it's this is all about T E A M and it's a team loss because you, know, you talk about the the play calling, you know, which I mean, Ty Dunn called out McCarthy on that and in, 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 in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel today about that. But there's just everyone, there's, they say that one play can lose it. There are 12 plays in that game that really, one goes the way of the Packers, they win. Bostic actually blocks instead of going for the ball. Jordy Nelson probably gets it. Hey, guess what? They're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I said the haha Clinton Dix is going to stare up there. I guess I, I'm not blaming one person at all. I, you know, but you know the Burnett thing. Hey, five minutes left in the game. I still, I mean, I'm. I, granted, maybe I'm more of the aggressive type when I, if I would ever coach. But I, and then again, I don't get. Yeah, because it's not a video to, game. It's 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 not a video right, game. Look, we right, can agree yeah. to disagree on it, but I'll tell you what. I almost wish if I had a time machine, I would roll the clock back and hope that he does run it and then get, has it stripped and he fumbles and then they still lose because I'm already accepted the loss just so I could show people why that's the right move to make. I mean, I, again, I, I'm not, I'm not going to – because all I ever did was play high school football, so I'm not going to tell you that I played well, the whole yeah. game or anything like that. But I've also coached and coached with some great coaches, and they would tell their players that that would have been the right move to make. I, I don't know anyone that would have said, yeah, risk it there with five minutes to go. Especially when you have an offense who, granted, they struggled, but it still has the best quarterback in the league coming out. And then what they do, they muzzle him by running the same running play back to back. Come on. Yeah. That's well, where like the game got lost. Well, uh, yeah, but it's uh, – yeah, I, I, like I said, I – I mean, I, we can agree to disagree. I would, I would have tried to taken it back as much as possible, because then you set yourself off, off and stuff. But even like, there's some stupid penalties even at the beginning of the game. Like, you know, we talked about the six points off of the, you know, the five turnovers. And I'm not saying, like I said, they had troubles at the goal line as you saw. But let's take a look at the fact that you know Mike Dan- Daniels with a 15 yard penalty in the beginning, you know, with the taunting, mm-hmm. it put out the 19 instead of the four. Now I'm not saying, and like I said, it, it, you're at the four yard line against a very stout Seahawks defense. No, well, you're right. That, that- that seems you know, to me that's just as big. That's just as big of a re- contributing factor than the Morgan Burnett thing. Even worse. Even worse. Yeah, I, because you know, I, I at, could say that. I could think that'd be at at or as bad. Yeah, because it's just you, you put. You know, you're at the four yard line. There's a lot more pressure you can put on that defense rather than, you know, at being at the 19. Granted, they got a first down out of the play, but they didn't really get that close. And I mean, right, but that first down would have been a touchdown if they were at the four. Well, hopefully they would have. Hopefully well, well, I mean, you know, what I'm saying is if they ran that same pattern with, with Cobb and he picked up at the four-yard line, if it's a 12-yard pass, that's a touchdown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so that's why, to me, I, I could make the, the argument. Thank you. I could make the argument that that was more of a contributing factor because that likely cost them four points. 
and they went no temp tied. So there's four points. So I mean, you know, you're talking about Burnett maybe scoring, maybe getting 20 more yards, seeing what the Packers ultra conservative offense would have done. I think the Dan- that that Tannehill's play cost them four points, which yeah, is the one um, in the game. Yeah, and I, yeah, I said, and, I and, and the other thing I didn't get when that happened. The Packers need to, to 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 check themselves and understand what they are. Like I'm glad they're. I, I want them to be tougher, and they were a little tougher this year than they've been in the past. They were for the most part, except maybe the first Seattle game and the, the first Detroit game. They were tougher, I, and I've been calling for that for a while. There's a difference between being tougher and 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 trying to be uh, 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 the Detroit Lions with the taunting and the late hit. You know what? You're not that kind of team. So you better understand who you are, and and that cost them in the Dallas game. It almost cost them in in uh, in this or did cost them in this game. It almost cost them in the Dallas game. It, they're not that's not who they are. So you know what? You can have swagger. You can have the Aaron Rodgers swagger, but the late hits and the taunting. That's not who this team is. Don't try to play someone else's game because that's not your game. And, and it hurt them in the Dal- It hurt them in the red zone in the Dallas game, and it hurt them early in the Seattle game with the taunting and the and the BS. And, and so, uh, you know, that's one thing that, that disappointed me. And I'm not saying that there's not that some teams can't play that way, but the Packers aren't built that way. That's not who they are. And you don't decide with two games left in the postseason or three if they were in Super Bowl, hey, we're going to be something different now. We're going to be kind of punkish. It, it, wrong time to decide to do that, man. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's just – like I said, it wasn't like, and I wasn't trying to call it Morgan Burnett necessarily. Like that was the game changer. Like I said, like I said it's a myriad of, it's a plethora of plays that could have gone the pack. Things could have been different, and maybe there's a different result. But look at if it, you know, uh, I mean, except one positive you mentioned was Mason Crosby. The past two years, uh, he's been rock solid. He, he's been ama- you know, and you know, if there's one positive out of the game. I mean, he tied. I mean, he, you know, he was. I think he tied the the record for field goals in the game by a, by a Packers kicker with five. Now, granted, it's a good and a bad. He made the five field goals, but then again, the Packers had to settle for five field goals. And like I said, it goes back to you know play calling and whatnot. And you know, and you yeah, you did mention. It. I mean, the fact that the, you know you don't go after a Richard Sherman that's one armed, where you know, thing you can do, throw out a simple wide receiver screen, have a tight end block, try to block Sherman. And you know, and see what happens. I'm guaranteeing yeah, you could probably yeah, get hit, some him, hit him in that arm. Exactly. And you know what? They're going to lose to Seattle next year too. I don't care who they have because they're going to be afraid to throw the doll dang ball to Richard Sherman's side. You're not winning football games playing on half the field. And you know how dumb. Again, I've been a supporter of Mike McCarthy. I'm 85 percent of the time agree with what he does. But how dumb are you that you didn't learn from your first game's mistakes and then you don't do it at all after the first pick that he, that Sherman got? You don't do it at all, and then you don't do it when he's playing one armed. My goodness! I mean, when do you throw to him? When his arms are cut off? Or is that yeah. are you still afraid because he might jump up and deflect it with his helmet? What? What? When do you? When do you throw to him? What's the good time to throw to him? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's uh, so. I mean, you know, uh, it, you know, it it is what it is now. I mean, and like I said, that, and you know, Rogers mentioned today on his radio show on 540 in Milwaukee that he that this you know it's going to sting for a while and it's stung you know I mean and granted I was 
with my, you know, I was trying to feed the twins and change their diapers throughout a very crazy, pro- <laughs> crazy last couple of minutes of that game. But you know, it's, uh, you know, I had a feeling after that, after that onside kick, that, uh, and the fact that you didn't have Clay Matthews on that field for that part of that last drive, uh, you know, for the Seahawks in regulation was something that was interesting. Uh, and so, well, why was he out? Because I mean, he, I mean, Matthews did a great job containing Wilson for the majority of the game, and you know, it just uh, the, ba- the Packers did everything right for the first 55 minutes of the game, and this goes to show you. Even you know, I would even say that well, you know, not everything the, right, not everything right. If they did everything right, that game would have been over by halftime. Yeah, they did everything. I mean, they yeah, but they did everything that they. I would say they were 55 minutes. They played good enough. To win, to win the NFC Championship, and then the last five minutes, they maybe I'll clarify it that way. But they had the chance. I mean, they had the chance to do it, and they just they blew it. Here's the so. thing: I compare this to the Brewers collapse, and I'll tell you why. If you would have told us last, you know, at the beginning of the baseball season that the Brewers were going to be what 82 and 80, we would have thought, you know, because we were thinking in that 76, 77 win range, we'd be like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. But then, if you would have told me, yeah, they were twenty games, uh, twenty games over five hundred, you know, going into the end of August, and then they blew it, I would have been steamed. If you would have told me before this game, yeah, the Packers are going to play Seattle, it's going to be a back and forth game, and they're going to lose twenty, by, you know, in overtime, I'd have been like, okay, I can take that. Then when you tell me that the game was theirs and they were in control and they 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 had it ripped away from them by by many poor plays, I would have been livid. So it's all about perspective. You know, if they lose this game, like I said, and it's like a back-and-forth sort of battle, I think you can handle it. But the way they lost this game makes you live it. Because you could say, well, look, they covered the spread. They lost by six. <laughs> but it's how they lost that's going to sting, you know. And that's like I said about the baseball season last year. If they, if that would have been their record, but they kind of hovered around 500 all year, you'd have been like, okay, there's some positives here. But to see the epic collapse, that's I think that's the worst thing in sports. People can handle losses. People can handle. I mean, honestly, I can handle. Um, I can handle um, this more than I can handle. Uh, um, or I can handle the, the Badgers' fifty-nine nothing loss more than this because they were never really in that game. This was. This is. I. I would have been okay. I would have been mad, of course. I would have been disappointed if the Packers lost forty to three. But I would have been like resigned to my fate by halftime. Instead of being invested and being nervous and being a naysayer all the way up until the pick in the fourth quarter and then thinking, oh, my gosh, this is really going to happen now. And then you get kicked right in the, the, the bad parts. And, and that's exactly what happened. I would have just preferred, hey, just roll us. Like, you know, I, I don't know. So, um, and, and the other thing, too, I have no want to see the Super Bowl. I really don't. I don't like Bill Belichick at all. Um, I, I do. I think he's a fine coach. Don't get. I will never say that he's. A, I just don't personally. I don't like him. And people can tell me I need to root for Seattle because of Russell Wilson and all the other Badgers. Hogwash. My hatred for Pete Carroll trumps any love I have for Russell Wilson. I can't stand that smiling jackass. I can't stand his preening, princing, running a dirty program in college and getting away with it. Cheshire cat grin self. I can't, I there is no coach I dislike and despise more. And, and I felt that way before this game. I felt that way before last year's Super Bowl. This isn't a reactionary because he beat us. Uh, I cannot. So my dislike for him 
trumps any badger love that to come out of that. So I don't have a, I don't have a rooting interest because I can't rightfully watch that game and go come on New England because I'm not that big of a fan of uh, Belichick either. Uh, I mean, I'll probably root for the Seahawks just because they beat the Packers. But you know, you have Russell Wilson. You know, it, it, actually, just to let people know too, they're out of all the the, the major colleges and, and whatnot. Wisconsin actually has the most players on active and practice squad or an injured reserve. You know, basically on their total rosters, Wisconsin leads the you know the all football programs with six. You have four on the Seahawks. You have Gilreath and my, um, David Gilreath, Mike Taylor on IR. But you have Russell Wilson, O'Brien Schofield on active rosters. Uh, and then for the Patriots, you have James White and Jonathan Casillas. Casillas gets more playing time than White, obviously, uh, which is odd. But uh, like, you know, just because James White, would, everyone thought would be a type of running back that Belichick would actually use uh, in this offense, but he hasn't. He's been used very sparingly. And he's been inactive. But, uh, but, you know, took a look at active rosters. I think it ties with, like, three other schools as the top uh, top program in terms of uh, producing players that are playing in the Super Bowl. So uh, something to look at uh, and, and, you know, for Badger fans to be happy about. Uh, so, I mean, it, like I said, it, it obviously it doesn't take away from anything. It doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't take away – you know, or it takes away from the loss. There's – you – can't get over. I mean, you have to. You know, it's it's, it's going to sting, especially if you know, obviously a lot of people here first are Packer. It's a Packers state, Packer fans before Badger fans. Um, but you know, if you're looking for some silver lining besides the besides Crosby being clutch, uh, you know, I just take pride that Wisconsin has a program that has produced so many NFL players that are making an impact. So, um, but other than that, I don't know if there's anything else you really wanted to dig into on football wise. Uh, I mean, we have you do have to talk about. Uh, the fact that the Brewers traded Giovanni Gallardo for three minor leaguers uh, was announced late yesterday. Uh, so that's so that's that's big news there. It makes you wonder what they're going to do in the future. Yeah, you know, it could be it could be a, a good move or it could be a great move. Here's the thing: Gallardo was going to want a lot of money next year, and the Brewers weren't going to be able to pay it. And he's a six inning All Star, and you know this. It's been the knock on him for years. Uh, he can't get out of the sixth inning. You throw that on top of the fact that his strikeouts have gone down the last two years, and and that means he's losing something on his fastball. This was a good move. I don't know what we're going to get out of uh, the Brewers are going to get out of the guys they got. I mean, uh, Salinas, the shortstop, uh, made his major league debut at 21 last year, so he's obviously got some talent. Uh, you have a former first-round pick who's still only 23. So if one of those guys becomes good major leaguers and you use that extra money to either trade for Zimmerman and sign him or sign James Shields, then this was one of the best trades ever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're talking about, you know, James Shields. And, I mean, what if they can get the Auburndale native in Jordan Zimmerman somehow? Uh, and and some, I think it was John Morosi had stated and had an article yesterday stating how – it's feasible with Zimmerman because of the fact that $50 million comes off the books with, with Para, Adam Lind, Jonathan Broxton, and a couple other players. Uh, their contracts are up, so it open up some, some cap space. Or not, there's not a cap space, but just the way Atanasio works within uh, the budget of the Brewers, uh, it could be feasible. I mean, you know, so it, it, it definitely uh, we'll see what they do uh, and, and how they proceed. Uh, you know, I, uh, you know, it's for the best. I mean, they also took over you know, four million. They sent four million over to uh, the Rangers, and and so I mean, they saved nine million dollars this year. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with the uh, with the trade, and 
you know, and see how it pans out. You wish Gallardo the best. Obviously, he wasn't the quote unquote as you know, you and I called it the ace of the staff. Uh, it nope, was you never, know, w- never will be. You know what? Yeah. He's in the perfect role. He's he's slotted in as a number three. That's what he's in. On a good team, he's a three. I've said that for years. So, I guess that's that's where he belongs. And I wonder if there's more bars in Texas than there are in Milwaukee. Well, we'll find out. But uh, aside from that, um, we can talk more about that. Hopefully, something will be done on a shield front next time we get together. Uh, we can talk get Super Bowl preview next time we get together. But uh, I don't know. At this point, I'm exhausted. From, from, yeah. from the, the Packers have exhausted me. No, it's understandable. And my son just leaked on me. So on that note, we'll wrap wrap up the podcast. So uh, we'll we'll talk to you guys uh, coming up soon. Uh, like I said, we'll talk, preview some Super Bowl. We'll get some Badgers recruiting. There's some big things going on. Just breaking news for you guys. Uh, Paul Christ and his staff is starting to break through. Uh, Wisconsin kind of getting the in-state kids in. You have Bayport athlete Alec uh, Ingold. Uh, flip from Northern Illinois to Wisconsin. He was offered as an outside linebacker, uh, and so uh, he was a quarterback for for Bayport up in the Green Bay area. But now you have him uh, going to be an outside linebacker. People are comparing him to sort of a Joe Schobert, from what I've heard. So uh, that's that's some breaking news. Obviously, there's going to be a lot more recruiting. We'll get Ben Morgel or or John Veldheis or John McNamara on uh, come up in a couple, uh, hopefully in a couple days uh, into the week as we count down the days to National Signing Day. I know how much Scotty enjoys that. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, on, on that note, guys, just have a, a good week, a safe week, uh, and uh, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Doza Bachenia. Accordion solo, American Polka, played by Mr. John J. Kimball, Edison Records.